Hello everybody. Welcome to the 52nd episode of Snippets. I'm Dr. Bhavani Johari, resident of Shankarnetralay Chennai and your host for today. I would like to invite Dr. Arka Prava Pradhan, vitreoretinal fellow of Shankarnetralay, to give us some insights on intravitreal injections. Welcome to Snippets Dr. Arka. Hello everyone. I am Dr. Arka, vitreoretinal fellow of Shankarnetralay Chennai. Today I am going to draw your attention to a very important drug delivery system which is the second most common intraocular procedure in the world after cataract surgery and it is intravitreal injection. I would like to thank Dr. V. Jayaprakash sir, Dr. Muna Vende ma'am and Dr. Minakshi Swaminathan ma'am for guiding me through this talk. I do not have any financial interest for this talk. I will discuss this topic on the following headings like why this route, what are the drugs given, indications, anesthesia used for pre-injection protocol, injection procedure, and post-injection care and complications. First of all, why is the intravitreal route so important? It is highly targeted, maximizes therapeutic drug delivery inside the eye, minimizes systemic toxicity, it can bypasses blood retinal, blood aqueous barrier, and cornea and sclera. And without knowing history, our learning may be incomplete. So I will tell you few things about the history. First intravitreal injection was described by Dutchman and Ohm in 1911, and the first injection given was air bubble to tamponade retinal detachment. The first drug given intravitreally was trimsinolone, and the first successful treatment of endophthalmitis by intravitreal antibiotic was done by Pemenetal in 1970. Now I would like to discuss what are the drugs given through intravitreal route. First is anti-VGF like pegaptinib sodium known as macugen. It is a RNA aptamer bind specifically to 165 isoform of VGFA. Dose is 0.3 mg per 0.1 ml. Next is ranibizumab known as Lucentis, Accentrix and Razumab. It is a monoclonal antibody fragment bind to all VGFA isoforms. Molecular weight is 48 kilodalton. Dose is 0.5 mg per 0.05 ml. Other one is bevacizumab known as avastin. It is a recombinant humanized monoclonal antibody also binds to all VGFA isoforms. Molecular weight is 148 kilodalton. It is the biggest molecule and dose is 1.25 mg per 0.05 ml. Next is aflivarsep known as Ilia. It is a fusion protein binds VGFA with higher affinity than bevacizumab and ranibizumab and also binds to VGFB and PDF. Molecular weight is 115 kilodalton. Dose is 2 mg per 0.05 ml. Next is brolucizumab known as Pagenex. It is a humanized single chain antibody fragment inhibit all isoforms of VGFA. Molecular weight here is 26 kilodalton only that is the smallest molecule. Dose is 6 mg per 0.05 ml. Among steroids there are many like trimsinolone acetonide 2 mg per 0.05 ml or 4 mg per 0.1 ml. Dexamethasone 0.4 mg per 0.1 ml or 700 microgram implant known as Ozudex. Fluosinolone acetonide it can be 0.19 mg or 0.59 mg. 0.19 mg is known as Illuvin and 0.59 mg is known as Reticert implant. Chemotherapeutic agents are melphalan, it can be topotecan also, antimetabolite like methotrexate, antibiotic given are vancomycin, septazidim, cefazolin, amikacin, ciprofloxacin, moxifloxacin etc. Antifungals can be amphotericin B, voriconazole. Antiviral can be given like jancyclovir and foscarnate. Proteolytic used is ocriplasmin, it is 0.25 mg per 0.1 ml. 
most of them are clear fluid fewer suspension like triamcinolone and last but not the least is the injection of pure gas like sf6 c3f8 and c2f6 which can be given intravitreally let's move on what are the indications for intravitreal injections they are diabetic macular edema proliferative diabetic retinopathy vein occlusions with macular edema uveitis where anti vgf and corticosteroid are the treatment it can be given 3 to 5 days before vitrectomy in pdr and vein occlusion patient to decrease vascularity in rop especially in aprop plus disease and pre rop surgery anti vgf can be used in cnbm armd and retinal artery macroneurysm anti vgm is the treatment of choice can be used in pachycoroidal disease like polypoidal choroidal vasculopathy pachycoroid pigment epitheliopathy pachycoroid neovasculopathy and cscr and also in pseudophakic aphakic cme retinal vasculopathy and in neovascular glaucoma in endophthalmitis intravitreal antibiotic antifungal corticosteroid and in viral retinitis gancyclovis foscarnet are needed in retinoblastoma we are using intravitreal melphalan topotecan and methotrexate pharmacological vitrolysis can be done by ocriplasmin in macular hole and vitromacular traction next which anesthesia to be given in case of intravitreal injection topical proparacaine 0.5% given usually better to avoid gel formulation as it has antisepsis issues but anesthetic shock placed are useful subconjunctival infiltration of lignocaine can be given in case of ozudex at it has a thick bore needle that is 22 gauge in case of children general anesthesia is needed sometimes injection can be given under topicals in very small children less than 1 year of age now coming to where we can give injections it should be given in operation theater or exclusive sterile area pre injection scrubbing gowning and gloving is a must gloves to be changed after each injection and we should minimize talking coughing or sneezing during the injection procedure next what we have to check before injection first is informed written consent signed by the patient we have to explain the procedure and reassure the patient most important is we have to rule out active external eye infection and other external infection like diabetic foot ulcer we have to check glycemic status blood pressure systemic stabilization and history of thromboembolic event angina etc just before the procedure we have to confirm the correct patient correct eye and the correct injection for a must and we have to confirm the pupillary dilatation for sure let's discuss how to load the injection in the syringe first we have to ensure cold chain to check drug batch number and expiry date have to follow aseptic guideline to clean rubber stopper with spirit we have to withdraw the drug with a white bore filter needle expel the excess medication have to make sure that there is no air bubble in the syringe or needle take dead space into account ranvizumab aflevercept and brulucizumab are the single use only but vivacizumab that is avastin is for multiple uses for this we can use three methods first is multipuncture in which we use the drug for a few patient and keep the remaining drug in cold chain that is 2 to 8 degree centigrade and give it to other patient on another day second one is pulling where we gather a few patient together and withdraw the drug in multiple syringes at the same time and give it to the patient the device used for making multiple injection with a single puncture in the vial is called mini spike device another one is alley coating where multiple 2 ml vial of bevacizumab is made for one big vial another point is what should be the gauge of the needle for giving injection usually 30 gauge 27 gauge for trimcinolone as crystals may block smaller needle 
Ozudex has a 22 gauge applicator. Then we have to know what can be the site of injection. It is mostly suprotemporal quadrant or infrotemporal quadrant for ease of access. Inferior is easy because of strong bells, which means when the eye is going up, only the inferior part is exposed for giving the injection. For superior, the main advantage is the side is covered by upper eyelid so the chance of infection is less. But technically in any quadrant it can be given. We have to choose an area away from the blood vessel to reduce the risk of subconjunctival hemorrhage. But we should keep switching injection site when repeating. Then what should be the distance of injection from the limbus? In case of a phacic patient, the distance should be 3.5 to 4 mm. For pseudophacic, it is 3 to 3.5 mm. And for aphacic, it is 3 mm. The main concern is the needle should pass through pars plana. If we go very anterior, it will pass through pars plicata and will cause bleeding. And it can touch the lens also and if posterior then it can pass through the retina and can cause break. For pediatric patient, if the age is less than 3 months, the distance from the limbus should be 1.5 mm. Up to 6 months, it is 2 mm. Then up to 1 year, it is 2.5 mm. Up to 2 year, it is 3 mm. And more than 2 years, it is same like an adult. Coming to the main injection procedure. We can use a microscope or indirect ophthalmoscope for giving the injection. Clean with povidone iodine 10%. Apply drape and sterile speculum, taking care to keep eyelashes and eyelid margins away from the injection site. Apply topical anesthetic and povidone iodine 5%. For povidone iodine, the contact time should be 3 minutes. If not possible, it should be at least 30 seconds. We should remember it reduces endophthalmitis risk by 7 folds. If there is a history of allergy to povidone iodine, then we can use aqueous chlorhexidine 0.1%. Then press the swab sticks moistened with topical anesthetic over the site of the proposed injection. Next, displace conjunctiva over injection site with forceps or swab stick to create step-like entry and it may reduce reflux and risk of infection. After measuring the distance from the limbus, the patient can be asked to direct gauge away from the site of the injection. Rest your little finger on the patient's face for stabilization. Insert the 30 gauge needle in one smooth motion perpendicular to the scleral surface, aim for the mid-vitreous cavity, but in case of babies, it should aim posteriorly towards the optic nerve to avoid lens touch. Inject the drug in a slow, smooth control manner after half of the length of the needle is in the vitreous cavity. We have to avoid contact between needle shaft and lead margin. Remember one thing not to move the needle when inside the eye. It may cause traction on the vitreous. Then press with anesthetic moistened swab stick for 30 seconds at the site of the injection while withdrawing the needle. It helps in reducing the reflux and tamponate the subconjunctival hemorrhage. Then discard the syringe and needle appropriately. Next, what to see just after injection? We have to check finger tension and gross vision. Mainly light perception. Look if there is any lens injury, central retinal artery pulsation and identify any retinal tears and vitreous hemorrhage by indirect ophthalmoscopy. We can do AC paracentesis or digital massage if IOP is high. Maximum safe volume to inject without free injection paracentesis is believed to be 0.1 to 0.2 ml. Then to apply a drop of povidone iodine and pass the eye for 2 hours. Last but not the least is to record all details in the case record sheet including batch number of the drug. Well, but should not forget to give post-injection instruction like to contact emergency if there are any signs of complications develops such as eye pain, discomfort, 
रेडनेस फोटोफोबिया एंड डिमिनिशन ऑफ विजन रियाश्योर रिगार्डिंग फ्लोटर्स इन केस ऑफ क्रिस्टालाइन ड्रग्स लाइक ट्राइमसिनोलोन एंड इम्प्लांट लाइक ओजुडेक्स एंड एयर बबल टू एवॉइड फेस वॉश एंड हेड वॉश फॉर थ्री डेज कंटिन्यू सिस्टमिक मेडिकेशन एज बिफोर नो नीड फॉर पोस्ट इंजेक्शन एंटीबायोटिक यूजली इट इज नेसेसरी टू फॉलो अप ऑन द नेक्स्ट डे फॉर आईओपी एसी रिएक्शन एंड फंडस एग्जामिनेशन नाउ व्हाट कैन गो रॉन्ग इट कैन बी पेन इंजेक्शन साइड डिसकम्फर्ट मे बी सबकनजेंटिवल हेमरेज हाइपेरेमिया विट्रियस रिफ्लक्स विट्रियस इनकारेशन देर कैन बी इनक्रीज इन आईओपी समटाइम्स हाइपोटोनी ऑल्सो समटाइम लेंस डैमेज एंड एंड ऑफ थर्माइटिस रेटिनल टीयर रेटिनल डिटेचमेंट विट्रियस हेमरेज कैन बी देयर Another one is the crunch phenomenon. It is sudden vision loss due to progression of traction in case of proliferative diabetic retinopathy following intravitreal anti-VEGF. It occurs because anti-VEGF decreases the vascular component of PDR but increases the fibrous component and causes increased traction followed by tractional RD and formation of break which causes combined RD. There are few controversies also like are there pre-op antibiotics needed? It is not recommended. Why? There is a risk of developing resistance strain but in case of one eight patient and where ocular hygiene is not good we can use it. What is about bilateral simultaneous injection? It is not recommended but can be given only in special circumstances with a separate set of instruments. Is it necessary to stop systemic anticoagulants? No. Pre-op investigations are needed. Yes, it's needed. Blood sugar, BP to be checked. Cardiological clearance for anti-VEGF is needed in suspected coronary artery disease. There are few situations where decision making is very important whether to use anti-VEGF or steroid. First is recent cardiovascular accident or myocardial infarction and in pregnancy. Where a steroid is safe. Anti-VEGF is safe in steroid responder and in fakie guys. In the vitrectomized eye, anti-VEGF washes out early, so steroid implants are better. Let's discuss about few terms like off-label drug, reference medicine and biosimilar drug. Off-label drug is the drug first invented for one indication but has been used for an unapproved indication. Example is Avastin, which was first used in colon carcinoma. Now what are the difference between reference medicine and biosimilar? A reference medicine is already approved by FDA and it goes through all the phases of trial like analytical, preclinical, clinical phases 1 2 3 and the main goal is to determine the clinical effect for each indication. Example is Lucentis, Accentrix, but biosimilar are the molecule which has similarity to reference medicine and it should prove comparable pharmacokinetics, dynamics, immunogenicity, safety and efficacy. The cause and time to develop a biosimilar is much less than original biologics example is rasumab there are few unanswered questions though these are what should be the doses in oil field eye it should be a laser dose as the drug will remain on the oil aqueous meniscus but no clear cut guideline is there what about the doses in children it also should be less as the eye volume is small the frequency of injection in vitrectomized eye can be more as the wash out rate is faster but there are no clear guideline for the above situation still to summarize we should remember any substance injected into the eye should be sterile the environment and equipment should be safe and suitable staff should be trained enough i think this talk will help you to understand the topic thank you all thank you dr arka you definitely helped all our listeners understand this topic better do subscribe to our channel and stay tuned for more